Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, and welcome to the Digitally Uploaded Podcast, the companion podcast to digitallydownloaded.net. My name is Alan, I'll be your host for this poddy, and with me, I don't have an adjective for him, so it's just going to be Matt Sainsbury. Hello, Matt Sainsbury, the editor-in-chief of Digitally Downloaded. Hello, it's great to be here on the last podcast of the year. You forgot to mention that, Alan, it's December already. Can you? Oh my god! I know. <laughs> I the forgot. Year's, the year's just gone. It's crazy. Um, yeah, great to be here. I just to uh, let all the listeners know, um, I am using a new mic today that I've got sent for review. This is the Steel Series Alias that I'm using. So if I sound worse than I usually do, then you know not to put this one in your Christmas stocking this year. Um, but I'll have a full review on digitally soon enough. In the meantime, this is the first time I've used it. So I hope it doesn't blow up on me. It'd be nice if it didn't. That'd be good. Yeah. Well, yeah. so if Matt sounds like rubbish, you can go yell at the Steel Series people. I hope not. They're usually pretty good. I like Steel Series, yeah, generally do. speaking. I, I, I use their keyboards and stuff all the time. Um I mean, to be fair, I'm I'm wearing this their headset right now and using their mouse pad. So Yeah, see, they're good stuff. Um Yeah. I haven't used a microphone of theirs before though. So who knows? Let's see how we go. Yeah. And with us, of course, is Brad. Hello, Brad. Hello, Alan. Good to be back after was... a 10-month hiatus. I was going to give you an adjective as well, but I felt bad if I didn't give Matt one <laughs> and I didn't give you one. So uh, no one gets one. This is like really good parenting. It's where no one can have it. There are it no could happen. Yeah. <laughs> what have you been playing this month, Brad? Sorry, what was that? What have you been playing this month? Uh, I've actually just stopped, uh, finished the first case in Frog Detective. Lovely uh, game. Nice little Australian game and um, loved every single minute of it. It's nice and short, which I also appreciate in my busy life. But yeah. It's uh, Australian? Yeah. yeah made by wow. Victorian. Oh, cool. Good on him. That's yeah. good to see. I think she's, she's just renowned for making weird stuff. She's maybe the most Victorian, like Melbourneian person I think I've ever seen in my life. Is it like is it like Detective Pikachu? No, it's just really silly and goofy and cute. So like Detective Pikachu? No, but like in a different way. It's more millennially. <laughs> more millennially. Yeah, it's got very good uh, <laughs> millennial humor. Like, uh, okay, uh, I'm gonna have to play this now. I like this. I like this. Just on there's three of them. There is three of them, and that is the dulcet tones of a Trent. Hello, Trent. Yes, I got an adjective. Uh, I described your tones, <laughs> not you. No one gets no, an adjective. No, I, the I, I'm, I'm taking I'm <laughs> taking that as a win. I got an adjective. Yeah, it's it, Trent. Trent is dulcet. Dulcet Trent. Yeah, that's okay. Hello, dulcet what have you been Trent. playing this month, Trent? I've been playing um, Mario RPG only Hell, in the past yeah. few few days, but that's that's been great. Um, Terrible. Oh, the worst thing ever. Worst thing ever. Why does it? Why do all the sounds sound like they're ripped out Pokemon? Because they are. It's a. <laughs> but the soundtrack's nice, amazing. This game. So yeah, it's a decent. It's Yoko Shimomura. She's having a great time. She's doing and, all the and, music. And she I'm does dis- a version of the FF4 battle theme. I, I'm disappointed that that's not voiced. I, I I think that cloud thing should be voiced by the person which does uh, Koma Sen on the Yokai Watch series. Because it's got that like southern, like you know, 
just really just annoying. submit a trend. You you just want Chris Chris Pratt to do Mario in all the games now too. Yeah, Chris Pratt should be doing the Mario RPG. That would have been great. And like not reveal it until it comes out. Yeah. Just everyone's voice. I was hoping Rob Schneider. <laughs> yeah. I mean, everyone I, I, laid I, over it, Tother. I wouldn't I wouldn't be disappointed if like Jack Black's entire career going forward was playing Bowser in all the games. Because that'd be good. I mean, like, my vibe is, right, I want every single Mario character to be voiced by a member of the 90s SNL crew, so I want an Adam Sandler. I want a Rob Schneider. I would like a... a um, Who's the guy who played uh, Kuzco in The Emperor's New Groove? What's his name? David... Um, Patrick Warburton. David Spade. David Spade, Patrick Warburton, just put them all in Mario. Patrick Warburton's now Yoshi. Go off. Why was he not Donkey Kong? What the hell is wrong with this world? Why was he not Donkey Kong in that movie? It's ridiculous. The new movie or the old movie from the 90s? I, I don't think anyone knows who these people are anymore. Everyone knows who Patrick Warburton is. I'm sorry. He was in the the, the new Lemony Snicket show. He was the narrator. He was very good in it. It's probably Alan the best show. Alan's showing his age now. You know that came out like yeah. 2017, wasn't it? That's It came out like ages ago. Yeah, but it's newer than the movie from 2005. It's 2023 now. Oh, I met the... Sorry, this is now a 2005 show. I met the composer who did the Augustus Gloop song in 2005's Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and I about peed my pants. <laughs> That's actually a good song. I like that one. That's a good song. It's, good it's the best song in the... It's an Indian bhangra, because the guy who wrote it is like the most famous tabla player in the world. So he wrote it and underscored all of Deep Roy. And I was fanboying over him because I was working with him at my school. <laughs> it was wild. This Matt, what a... have you been playing this month? I was just going to say, this is just a fascinating intro to our gaming podcast. Um, <laughs> what have I been playing this month? That's a good question. I have been playing for funsies, mostly... Um... <laughs> Train Sim World 4. <laughs> I'm hooked on that all kinds of crazy. Things. That is the most dad game I've ever heard in my life. Oh, uh, it's just crazy how much I get into these things. Every time they, a new one comes out that I get a chance to play, I just get obsessed with it. I'm really bad at it. Like I I, I, I would get fired if I was working for even Sydney Trains. That's how bad I am at it. Because I can't... I don't uh, think that's true. I can't, stop, I can't stop the train at the right spot. I keep overshooting the platform so people can't get out. The, the current oh. people don't get fired, so I think you'd be fine, Matt. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> What's the difference? At least I'm on time, which is definitely something that Sydney Trains doesn't do. Yeah. What about you, Alan? What have you been playing? Um. Well, I'm still on my Baldur's Gate, my little Baldur's Gate train, um, and that game is so good it is so so very good um i've been playing a lot of ps1 games because i bought a ps1 yes um, we're going to talk about that later I, in the podcast we're going to talk about it later but i've been playing a lot of tekken 3 a lot of uh legacy of kane uh soul reaver 2 which is phenomenal um i've been playing a lot of another game which we're going to talk about later on called xenogears which oh boy oh boy what a game um and I'm still on my little like horror game check. So I've been doing a bit of the quarry. I'd played Iron Lung recently, which was very, very fun. A very good little hour-long experience. Um, which I would recommend to anyone who enjoys the idea of being a submariner. Um but yeah, just like little little bits. There's nothing that's really jumped out at me because again, it's been too much fucking games this year. It's ridiculous. 
What are you supposed really to do? Is. Just keep playing like, games I, I, on. I, I Consuming know, content forever. That's all you meant to do. Yeah. Consume. Consume content. Well, that's so true. I saw that Six Days in Fallujah was on sale on Steam, and I was like, should I buy this just to shit on it? <laughs> no, you definitely should not, Alan, because if you buy it, no, you reward the developers. Don't no, do I it. Know. Pirate so it. I it's okay to pirate it. I fully approve anybody that wants to pirate Six Days in Fallujah because fuck them. Yeah, Sequel's going to be in Palestine, the dickheads. Oh, is it? I wouldn't be oh, surprised. Oh, is that like a hypothetical? That's oh, okay. just me being I think we were going to say, that's very ballsy for them does, to be like, it's Nuckbird. <laughs> does it Does it not say a lot about them that you were not that surprised if that was going to be the case? Because, yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's where these developers are pitching and they can go stick a gun up their bums. All right, let's move on. Music or something.
It is the last month of the year. However, apparently that doesn't seem to stop anyone from releasing a game. Um, the fear is, of course, is that as it comes up to Christmas, you will have more and more releases around the middle point, which is going to be interesting because I don't know what is going to be able to like, compete with literally anything else that's come out in the last year at this point. I mean, Spider-Man's still doing insane numbers. FF16 is probably still doing pretty decent numbers. Boulder's Gate, I don't think will ever slow down at this point um that new steam game that came out the the uh company game lethal company is doing insanely well i don't know why you'd release a game in december at this point but good luck to you games of december i hope that you find joy and peace wherever you are um matt do you have the list <laughs> yeah i mean there's a it's always a last rush of games to get out just in time for christmas stocking fillers and whatnot okay. which is good um, for people that want something new to play on Christmas Day, I guess. So in terms of what we've got coming, we have first up on December 1, we have a new Dragon Quest Monsters game, The Dark Prince. This is the first time that Dragon Quest Monsters has been back since the, I want to say, DS was the last Dragon Quest Monsters game, I think. And I think there was one right. on the 3DS. It's been a while. It's been a long while. So yeah, I'm looking forward to this great deal. Got an interview up on digidownloaded.net no less. I had a chance to chat with the developers or get them some questions. And yeah, I'm certainly keen on this one. Square Enix's last game for the year, I believe, which has been a pretty good year for them. So good. Also on December 1, we have a Steam World build coming out. I'm actually quite looking forward to this as well. Steam World is a an interesting little property that uh, an indie developer has come up with and has been working on for a good part of uh, 15 15 years now, I guess. Uh, they did the Steam World Dig Games, which were fun little takes on Mr. Driller. And then they also did some strategy game. I can't remember what it's called, unfortunately. Uh, but this one is probably their most ambitious one yet because it is a full-on city builder set in the steampunk world of Steam World, which is cool. I'm looking forward to that. That'll be fun. Do like my steampunk. We also have we also have on December one, we have the Batman anthem trilogy if for some reason you wanted to play those on the switch or just haven't had a chance to play them as yet then you'll be able to give them a go and see what started kind of kick-started the whole way to do superhero games i guess in the years since because spider-man and also just, heavily on these and stuff just like any like third person action adventure game with brawler combat yeah has yeah. been from from arkham Yep, they've been pretty impressed that they're getting games. the fact they managed to get um, uh, Arkham Knight running on the Switch is actually really impressive. Indeed, that's wild. Indeed, on December five, we've got Disney Dreamlight Valley, which finally exits um, early access. I guess if you like the Disney and just want to exhibit exhibit exist in a Disney world for a bit, then you'll be able to play. That's this like one. if you're an adult and you buy that, that's kind of a red flag. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's just enough of a red flag that it frightens me 
Okay. Um, moving on. We have Lord of the Rings Return to Moria coming on December 5th. That's already out, isn't it? This is just the PS5 version, I think. Yeah, it's on PC. Apparently it's like fine. Is it? It's I've Valheim. I've heard other uh, things about it. Uh, I've heard it's not yeah. fine. But who knows? Maybe it is fine and I just listen to negative people and you listen to positive people, which is quite possible. I do listen to nerds. <laughs> Also on December 5, we have Arashi, Castles of Sin, Final Cut, which is a thing. Um, take on the role of the deadly assassin, assassin Kenshiro as you travel across feudal defa- Japan to defeat the six Oni of Iga, a bandit group spreading chaos across the land. Use a wide variety of weapons, tools, and techniques to infiltrate conquered castles and outwit your opponents as you hunt down the Oni. That could be good. The idea is good. The thing is, though, I see Arashi and I think like the pop band, and <laughs> I don't know. Now I've got this idea of the the J-pop band kind of doing their adventure around Japan and killing stuff. That'd be pretty funny. Um, no screenshots. Have no idea if that's what that even is, but it kind of stands out here as a December release. Apparently, it's a VR game. Oh, there we go. That might be why I don't know anything about it because I haven't even bothered getting into the next generation of VR. On December 5, we have Enclave HD. Now, I don't know what Enclave was, so I don't know why there's a HD version of it coming. Why do I know this? The reviews are pretty middling, so. The original Enclave was apparently released on... No, this one was released somewhere on June 29, and now is out again on PS5. There we go. It was an Xbox release, and now it's out on PS5, so... No, this is the game that was made by Starbreeze before they made Chronicles of Riddick. It's apparently, like, decent. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, you'll be able to play it on your PS5 as of December, so there you go. There you go. All right. So, uh, on December 7, we've got yet another Warhammer game coming. Warhammer 40k Rogue Trader. I hope that's, like, a business sim. That would be cool. Featuring Natalie Bassingthwaite from the Rogue Traders. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, I don't know anything about this Shoot game. Right in. But it would be pretty cool if it was like um, some kind of business sim just with some Warhammer 40k elements. That would be decent. It has turn-based combat, uh, it's, which is interesting. It's isometric turn-based combat. Oh, there we go. I'm interested. I'll give it a go. Definitely jumping on the um, Baldur's Gate train there good on them Ooh, good on them that's a good thing it's to do crpg set in the world of um of 40k so yeah see i'm I genuinely mean, i'm genuinely interested in that'll that. be I'll cool actually yeah yeah especially with turn-based combat i mean um if you do want to go beyond Baldur's gate there is pathfinder and then I'll, now there'll be this one which will be cool uh okay so yeah. moving on on december 7 we have Ubisoft's big Christmas release, Avatar Frontiers of Pandora coming out. So you can play Assassin's Creed, the Avatar open world content experience. There you go. That'd be cool. Who is this for? I don't know. Who cares? It's Ubisoft. Who cares? It, it'll sell <laughs> a so billion, bad. It'll sell a billion copies and they'll be convinced what? that they're they'll be convinced that they're doing the right thing. That's what Ubisoft does. They always seem to think that they're Did you watch the content. way of water? No. Why would I? Did you, Brad? I haven't seen the first Avatar. I did. I watched the movie. 
Did you like it? Oh, I mean, it was Avatar. All right, so you didn't. That's good. Moving I know, on. Avatar's, Avatar's <laughs> like Avatar's like B grade science fiction sold as wankery high visuals bullshit. So if you appreciate it for what it is, awesome. It's gonna be a good ride. And I like the, the Ubisoft version of it. Yeah, where you can play and you can climb a tower and Jake Sully can say, Wow, what a tower. In his really like bad American accent. <laughs> he's Moving Australian on. and can't do an American one. <laughs> on December 7, we another December 7, we have Valus, the Phantasm Soldier Collection 3, which is cool. Um, Valus is a very B-grade platformer series that was around back on the NES and Super Nintendo era. And um, they're all Magical Girl platformers, which is neat if you like your sailor moons and whatnot that's basically mm. it and it's got this really cool b-grade vibe about it. i really like these games um and i'm looking forward to this third collection of them even though i don't know what games are left in it uh to to release because the first two collections were pretty comprehensive anyway but there's a third one coming on december 7 alan's favorite christmas game hot love dreams classic hentai logic puzzles coming out that's going to be alan's favorite game of the year for sure Guaranteed. I feel like I just had like a stroke. <laughs> <laughs> Guaranteed. You said it had like seven words that I was just like, <laughs> it does not complete. It's good to know that the absolute trash is still getting released on Switch. It's nice to know that content's there. Good for them. People. Yeah, you know good I mean? for them. They're making money. They're doing a thing. They're Are you allowed to hide Switch. your games on Switch yet? I don't know. I don't think so. Can you hide it from your friends list? Cause... I don't think so. <laughs> I think the sheer shame of buying one of those would just about off me if my friends saw that I was playing that. You need to learn to just embrace it, Alan. Just embrace it. No, I've got no need. <laughs> I'm done with that. I'm all good. You should stream it. That's what you should do. Just announce to the world yeah, and this is what you play. Instantly banned. <laughs> yeah. uh, moving on, one day later, on December 8, we have Juan Yuan Sword Mists Beyond the Mountain, which is actually a uh, re-release HD remaster, I guess, of sorts, of the third one in the series, I think. I think. Um, it's a good little series of RPGs out of Taiwan that um, we haven't really mm. had localized in the past. They haven't really done too much with them, but they're just starting to, I think. They had a pretty decent effort at a localization for the most recent one, which even got a Switch release and stuff. And, uh, yeah, this one is i guess an effort to continue to build that little brand they're quite good um, if you can handle the somewhat dodgy localization because yeah chinese developers and taiwanese developers are not quite yet at the same place the japanese developers are or the industry is so you have to put up with that a little bit but yeah if you can do that then they're pretty decent games so keep an eye on that one it might be good um we have formula retro racing world tour coming out on december 12 i don't know Ooh, what do they mean retro is this like 16 yeah see if PS4? this if this is like old school f1 stuff then that would be cool let's do a little google search sally i should have done this before we started the podcast, i have such but... a i have such a vivid memory of the ps1 uh, it, f1 racing games it looks kind of um ps1-ish in terms of the graphics oh Oh, you're getting me excited. Yep, it does look very PS1-ish. 
Very blocky. Oh, baby. Very That's blocky. That's my kind of jam. Yeah, it looks like it's going to be one of those kind of twitch speed races, like Horizon Chase, if anybody played one of those, just with... That um, was very fun as well. F1 cars and stuff. So that could be fun. Oh, it has VR mode too, if you've got VR. So I want to make yourself sick going too fast. On, yeah, on December 12, we have Wingspan Oceana expansion coming to the Switch, which is nice. Oh, Wingspan is the bestest board game of all time. And um, getting, yeah, with the Oceana explosion. Like Australian magpie. Well, no, <laughs> with the swoop everyone. The Oceana expansion does have the silver crested cockatoo, which is the best bird. Oh, I do love them. Yeah, they're the best bird. I like them. They destroy everything. I also love galahs when they're in a big like flock on the floor and they just pick <laughs> the shit out of the ground and you go over it looks like someone's committed like a world war one style battlefield in just a small area <laughs> for for anybody who hasn't who hasn't seen it who isn't australian because i'm pretty sure every australian has seen it at this point there's this cracking good video of a cockatoo just demolishing anti-bird um measures on a window oh it's so, so good yeah there's this <laughs> There's this trick that people do to stop birds from kind of nesting or, you know, um, resting on the windowsills and of other high places. What they do is they put these really kind of sharp spikes uh, on the top. So there's nowhere for the bird to kind of land and put its feet. Anyway, uh, cockatoos are very smart birds. And this one would just absolutely demolish this thing, pulled it off and just dropped it to the floor, to the ground, uh, which would have been quite dangerous if anybody happened to be standing underneath it. But yeah, cockatoos are uh, sociopathic. And the- there used to be there used to be one on my dad's street when he was growing up and it when it was in the summer because it was in like semi-country victoria uh, semi-country victoria um it used to get so hot that it would walk around down the street past all the cars letting out the air of the tires so it would get a blast of air <laughs> in its face <laughs> and they they couldn't figure out why their tires were always going down until they were just like watching the cars one day this little like single cockatoo just being like meep <laughs> See, great bird great they're, they're bird. phenomenal birds <laughs> uh so anyway the that's best. the appeal that's basically the appeal of wing, wingspan it's got all the birds in it so buy um, wingspan <laughs> yeah it's great have you has anybody actually have you guys actually played it like have any of you played it it's no. on my list it's on um uh the board game game tabletop simulator and i was going to get it on tabletop uh, i have not you should give it a go it's really really good fun excellent well designed board game um with yeah, spot on mechanics. It's really accessible, easy to learn, um, quite mm. challenging to master, of course. But uh, yeah, it's it's a really, really good board game. There's a reason it's kind of the one that everybody talks about these days. So, yeah. And the expansions are good. So there we go. That's coming out on Switch. Moving on, we have Hammer Watch 2 coming out on something. I know about that. Why do I know Hammer Watch? That's like a, a base building game, isn't it? That sounds familiar. It's coming out. It's already out on PC, so it's obviously getting a console no, it's a somewhere. Hack and slash action adventure game. It looks Tony. like a bait. It, I was thinking of um the the Factorio game because it kind of looks a bit like Factorio. Gotcha. Yeah, so it's but, out on PC already. Um it's only got 67 rating of nine, only nine critic reviews, so it just didn't make much of a splash. But it is coming out on PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, Switch, and Xbox. So, yeah. I mean, if it's multiplayer and it's Christmas time, you might want to give it a go. That might there be are fun. worse things. Yes, exactly. There's nothing There's nothing that's quite so enjoyable as just a kind of bash-em-up multiplayer 
RPG style thing. A stupid idiot game. Like all the way back to the N64 and Gauntlet Legends, where my brothers and I would play that for hours and hours and hours, just kind of bashing up goblins and collecting loot and stuff. There is something very appealing about those games. So, yeah, if Hammerwatch 2 does that, I might even give it a go. We have a horror game releasing, I believe, on December 12th. It's Iumata, like ammonia, Numata. Numata. There we go. We'll say that's what it's pronounced. New Mata's coming out on PC and PS5. The tenants have, are, are going missing. Screams echo and blood seeps through the walls of Clover Hill. As a detective, unravel the truth that lies within and recover your fragmented memories or succumb to the horrors that lurk in the shadows with this sinister blend of survival and psychological horror. So, that's fun. Does that have a VR mode? Indie horror game. No it's idea. Like PC and PlayStation Five. Surely it's like VR as well. Possibly. That would be fun. Possibly. Maybe. Well, it doesn't seem right. to be VR. Not that I know of yet. I'm looking at it too. I don't think it is. Okay. Well, anyway, it's pretty cool, On December 14, if you like your fighting games, there is one coming which has a decently high profile: Grand Blue Fantasy versus Rising. So yeah. Grand Blue. Grand Blue is obviously the mobile game that's been doing good numbers for, what, a decade now? It's been around forever. It's been a huge thing in Japan in particular. This is one of the spin-offs. They've already done one fighting game, didn't they? There was already one fighting yeah, game. Yeah, it was, it was really good. And it was really good. It was really, really good. It had a good mix of RPG and um, fighting game mechanics. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to this one as a second in that. I, I must say, though... this game, wasn't it? Uh, yes, I believe so. I'm, I'm really annoyed that the open world RPG thing that they were developing hasn't happened yet because they were doing a full-on console RPG set in the Grand Blue Fantasy universe and it just hasn't come out yet. I wish that it would. That'd be nice. But anyway, in the meantime, I'll play these fighting games. Yeah. Yeah. On December 14, we have Trigger Heart Excelia. Which I don't know what that is. I'm gonna guess. Okay. I'm gonna guess and say it's just shmup based on. Just I'm gonna guess it. visual novel. It's an arcade shooter. Huh, shmup. I was right. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> shmup. It's a shmup. It's coming out on something shmup. else. It's already on Xbox, so it's coming out. I think on PlayStation. We have Friday Night at Freddy's Help Wanted Two coming out on December 14, which is the VR Friday Night Freddy's sequel. Yeah. So if you like your the fact VR, you're calling and you're it like... Friday Night Freddy's is setting me off. <laughs> <laughs> Five Night at Freddy's. That's how much I've played. There this you game. go. I was, <laughs> I was getting full on like triggered just then. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I haven't actually really. I you know I actually have the collection on the Switch, but I've never really played them. I put it, popped it into the Switch to claim my gold coins, but uh, I haven't actually played it for more than like five minutes. Uh, maybe this I'll find good. some time. I think I'd enjoy them. Like I, I, I don't know. I think I'd enjoy, it, but I just haven't got around to it. They're very simple games, but they're pretty good. It's when you get to the weird lore shit that I don't care anymore. <laughs> There's the movie too now. Movie was okay. Yeah. Was I it? always keep movie like, had Matthew yeah. Lillard. Yeah, oh, did it? Shaggy. Yeah, it had Shaggy, and also <laughs> um, the guy from Scream, whose name I always forget, but he's the my favorite character in Scream. What? David Arquette. 
No, not David Arquette, but I do love him. No, the um Matthew Lillard's character in Scream. Oh, right, 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 right. I forget what his name is, but he's great. Shaggy. He's really good. He's he's what forever a good shaggy. Film. He's forever shaggy I mean, for me. Like the Yeah, that's the thing. He's so good as Shaggy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, those movies were not great, Defining. those Scooby Doo movies, but he was just like so perfectly the Shaggy, like he just nailed it's that. The best casting that anyone's ever done. Yeah, it was brilliant. It's hard to argue. <laughs> Later on in the month, uh, just before Christmas, now we're getting close to the now. There's kind of not that many releases coming out, but there are a couple of visual novels coming out. Jesus Christ, there's a lot of visual novels coming out on December 21. We have Sudama Relation, 2045 Suki Yori. So those are two. Then we've also got. Kudan no Folklore and DC5 Da Kapo 5. So we've got four visual novels coming out on December 21. And that will be good for people that like their visual novels. Oh, and then we've got another and one I coming out. On, away. <laughs> and then we've got another one coming out on December 22 called One. Now, apparently, One is actually a genuinely like legendary visual novel. Um, yeah, that's the one I guess you'll want to look out for if you're just going to pick up one. That one is one. <laughs> that one is um, very highly regarded. So that comes out on December 22, just before Christmas. And then we have Christmas. So nothing really happening after that. And after Christmas, I'm just scrolling down here. After Christmas, there's just a bunch of trash. There is one called Star Wars Hunters, which on coming out on December 31, which looks what like a it's... a weird day to come out. Yeah, it's coming out on Switch. Star Wars Hunters will connect players in real time to battle in settings inspired by iconic Star Wars locales. Players will join squads of all new and authentic characters, including daring bounty hunters, heroes of the Rebellion, and Imperial Stormtroopers, in an action game that immerses players in a fast-paced and visually stunning Star Wars galaxy. How much do you want to bet this is a MOBA? Let's just do a quick little Google search here. Let's do a Google search. Developed and... by <laughs> It looks like it is is a zinger oh, game free to play pvp competitive arena combat game oh, it is a moba ha i was right how, how good is it how often i'm right um yeah whatever i'll pass on that i think yeah this looks like crap <laughs> <laughs> so that comes out after christmas if for some reason you need a game to play after christmas and don't have any taste there's really not there's just an awful lot of stuff coming out on December which just doesn't seem great. Here's one that might be interesting. Let's have a look at this. Crown Wars, the Black Prince comes out on December 31 for PlayStation 5. Now this one caught my eye because the little description. As the fighting rangers rages in the Hundred Years War, you are the head of a noble family seeking glory in the tactical turn-based strategy game. I could do with a turn-based strategy game set in the Hundred Years War. Oh, actually, this one looks good. It does indeed look like XCOM The Hundred Years War. With a bear. 
There you go. I hope you can play as a Joan of Arc, but I guess the Black Prince kind of implies that you'll be playing as the English. Um, yeah. Anyway, not enough games get made about that era. Oh, hang on. There's another one. Metal Slug Tactics comes out on December 31. Oh, hell yeah. That could be fun. Metal Slug's a pretty good little series. That's a great series. Hmm. I actually, I think a lot of these December ones are placeholder times uh, dates now. Looking through, this. oh, because there's a lot of December sense. thirty-one stuff that they just probably haven't um, updated. So, updated, yeah, yeah, some well, sometime next then, year. Yeah, that's it. Matt, that's all the what's games. The game that you've been looking forward to. Jesus, there's not that much coming out in December, is there? Um, <laughs> there was one game that I was pretty interested in. Oh, you know what? I'll just go with the visual novel. I'll go with one. I'm interested in it. I've heard it's a really high quality visual novel. So uh, as somebody that likes to play that genre and keep in tune with it, I do feel like I need to play some of the classics. And this one is apparently a classic. So there you go. One. That's my pick. Yeah. What about you, Brad? Uh, yeah, not not a lot for me in December either, but um, I might have a might give a um, go with Dragon Quest Monsters. That should be good. Yeah, that'll be fine. What's your, what's your history with the series? Have you played them all? I've not played a Dragon Quest Monsters at all, so I'm not even sure if this is a good entry point. Yeah, fingers crossed, because it is the first one in ages. I tell you what, though, they actually have a decent chance, because always, the because Dragon Quest Monsters has been around since the Game Boy Color, right? Uh, it's always been kind of a very distant sec second fiddle, fiddle to Pokemon, but given the controversies around Pokemon on the Switch, there is a chance that this one could, I guess, appeal to people that were looking for a certain thing from Pokemon and weren't getting it. So, yeah, there's, there's a chance there. Square Enix could actually do something with this series yet. Hey, me. What about you, Trent? What are you interested in from this month? Uh, I'm probably going to not play anything, but if I was going to pick, let's pick one of that, um, probably let's do, actually, you know what? I'll probably go with the Five Nights at Freddy's game. I'll probably end up picking up that up at some point. So let's just say that. That's fair. I'll probably like look at that Wingspan game and see how I feel about it. I might buy it. I don't know. No, but no, no, Alan. You're I like Bushiana Birds. Alan, you're going to do Hot Dream, Hot Love Dreams classic hentai logic puzzle. I'm not going to play that game. Man. That's your game. I'm not gonna you're going to play game. it because I'm going to gift it to you. No. I'm, I'm going to force you no. to play it. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Alan. <laughs> yeah, happy happy holidays. Alan's just waiting for the wingspan, but hentai edition.
Now, while it's not been the greatest year for the games industry in terms of employment, it has, however, been a phenomenal year in terms of what we have been able to play. There's been a lot of games out this year to the point where I forgot that Resident Evil 4 came out this year. I forgot that Dead Space came out this year. And I, I love those games. They're really good. So I, I guess this is now the time to sort of look back and reminisce and give our own game awards to things that are actually good and that deserve attention. So, Matt, what would you give your one of your things that everyone should sort of check out? Not necessarily the best game, but like what's one that you would say should be checked out regardless? Well, I mean, the obvious one is Final Fantasy 16, right? That was uh I that was my game. That was very much for me. It's funny actually because um when I got the review code to review it um well actually afterwards uh, i i reviewed the thing uh, and obviously gave it five stars i absolutely love the game i think it's a magnificent piece of uh blockbuster entertainment but also smart it was it was brainy you know it made you think it, they actually had ideas and themes and stuff which is really rare for the triple a industry these days anyway i i sent the the link to the review saying hey this is live now to the pr and they're like oh Thank, thank God we're worried how you're going to go with a blockbuster game. I have a reputation, I guess, in the PR space. So, yeah, um, so did not know. <laughs> I love what it. I would... That's the reaction now. Yeah, it's, it's just... like, oh, thank God he didn't give us a one. <laughs> it's like, um, yeah. I imagine yeah. it's just like a couple of PR guys sitting in a room just like staring really intently with their hands on the sides of their heads. <laughs> just smoking so... a cigarette. <laughs> yeah so um I, I i didn't know how i was going to go with it myself uh going into it but uh yeah i think i i, I just can't think of anything that i didn't enjoy about that game or, I, I guess enjoy is probably not entirely the right word it goes some places which is not necessarily enjoyable at times but uh i, I don't think there's a game that's kind of stood out for me as something that is very much what i'd like to see from video games quite like that one uh in addition to that, it's actually been a pretty good year for the big end of town with me because I was actually really happy to see Assassin's Creed make a return to form for me with Mirage, which was um, a relatively condensed and um, restrained Assassin's Creed, which didn't go stupid with the icons and the RPG mechanics and the excesses that Valhalla had. This one was just a pretty taut and tight little a historical action game set in Baghdad, which was pretty interesting, and I uh, I appreciated that. That's uh, it was nice to have a, a decent Assassin's Creed game again, and then I like they've just made it smaller and better. I like that. Well, I hope they take some learnings from that. They probably won't because the next one will be another stupidly big, excessive one. But it was nice that they did do one that wasn't going to consume your entire year, and with with endless content and you could actually just kind of move through it finish it and and get on to the next game and the fact they priced it as well it was only about 70 bucks australian i think which was which is very good very cheap. Um, yeah very cheap for the triple a industry in, in australia these days and it was it was just a good thing for ubisoft to do i guess um so i proved that and then for me the third one would be way back at the start of the year and i almost forgot that this got released this year but uh fire emblem engage was great Absolutely love that. That was a I January. I forgot that I came out. Yep, January release. Uh, I thought it was last year, which shows just how much has been released this year. But no, it was a January release, and I really enjoyed that for similar reasons, I guess. Not that I ever thought that um, Fire Emblem lost it like Assassin's Creed did, but this one went back to 
the kind of the GBA style of Fire Emblem in terms of the way it kind of worked as a game. And yeah, it just uh, as, as a fan of that series, it tapped into the nostalgia for me. So I was very happy with that one too. Those were my kind of three most memorables, I guess. Yeah, I mean, they're pretty good. Again, the thing is, is that so many of these things I've forgotten existed simply because it was just like, the end of the year was so loaded with just extremely high quality stuff. Um, Brad, what about you? What's your sort of like three that everyone should sort of look out for or try out? Uh, I think the the first one's going to be pretty obvious for anyone that knows me, but I'm going to say uh, Tears of the Kingdom. Um, oh yeah, I think that's that's quite obvious. Like it's um, I just expected it to be a seven out of ten before it came out because I just thought, oh yeah, it's just going to be same world as breath of the wild is going to have all the same stuff there's not going to be much new in it and then like then it came out and just the amount of crazy stuff you could build in it and um it, it became a very social media oriented game i thought like watching other people building things and just getting ideas off each other and it ended up being this massive thing that i just really enjoyed all the way through it was the amount uh, of Korok torture in that game. <laughs> <laughs> my my favorite, I guess, description of that was that um, like uh, people obviously didn't have any proof, but they they, were, they say that like Nintendo wishes it made Minecraft, and then Tears of the Kingdom is kind of like its answer to that because I think that's pretty true. Like Minecraft is a game that yeah. Nintendo probably does wish they made because it is that kind of thing, and then yeah, Tears of the Kingdom has that same kind of unbound uh, creativity about it, which is which is cool. I liked it too, despite never having moved off the opening plateau of Breath of the Wild. <laughs> um, the fact I got that into Tears of the Kingdom kind of shows the difference, I guess, in quality between the two. Yeah, and um, probably my second one is probably um, a bit of left field, but I've actually been really getting into Pokemon Sleep. Oh, cool. Oh. Yeah, um, it's really cool. Like, um, obviously, you have to collect your Pokemon and everything every time you wake up in the morning, and um, you feed them all biscuits, and um, you feed them enough biscuits, and you get to collect them like you would a normal Pokemon game. And it does track your sleep pretty well. But I think the um, the most probably creepy part of it is the fact that it has up to ten recordings of you while you're sleeping that you can listen to after you wake up. And um, sleeping Brad says some pretty weird stuff. Now I wish it worked on like the Galaxy Folds because like I want to listen to the crazy stuff my partner says in her sleep. <laughs> <laughs> so it certainly so has a um, untapped creepy factor to it. I love that. <laughs> and it's such a vibe. <laughs> um, the third one, um, honestly, I haven't played a lot in 2023, so um, it's been a pretty big backlog year for me but um that comes with having no money um but i have actually really enjoyed the <clears throat> there's a um wrestling game called aew fight forever and um, Hi. and i've really enjoyed that because it's kind of a throwback to the old nintendo 64 wrestling games like no mercy and um the wcw versus nwo games it's kind of like a more arcade experience but um that's it's the one big, that Ukes made, wasn't it? Yeah, like um, Ukes went from the um, WWE games and then went over to these guys. But it was... Um, I think that's a nice way of putting it. Ukes got dumped from WWE and then yeah. WWE went to <laughs> hell. Went to absolute hell. And then Ukes was like, well, fuck you, we're going to make our own game. And it's, yeah, 
it it's done better i think people seem to like that one much more yeah that's right and they yeah. even got like the director from the old nintendo 64 games on board just to make sure they had the the feel of the old games correct uh, like accurate as well so yeah that, that's been a real highlight for me yeah it's just nice that people are making more niche products for people because yeah. like i don't i don't know how they would mo- like you know market a game that is like that in a more regular sense but saying that it's like the n64 games i'm interested like way more all of a sudden all i need to know is can you drive a forklift into someone's head and then Uh, i'll be happy no you cannot but you can have an exploding barbed wire death match that sounds like my kind of game (laughs) (laughs) i do like that a lot trent what about you what are your three that you would recommend everyone check out you know, well, I've been playing heaps lately um, because it came out just before I went to Perth. Is Gubbins? It is like the best word game. It's like Australian developed as well, which is great, and it's fun. And you get like weird, crazy creatures, and then you like can basically do things to either enhance or disadvantage you to select words. And everyone's posting memes about it right now, so that's also a pro. I like that. <laughs> I enjoy that. I need to actually, is it free? Uh, so there's a free version and then it gives you like a, um, the daily, like it gives you a daily free game. Otherwise you can pay, I think it's only, I think it was only like 10 bucks, 20 bucks for like the full version, which gives you like extra modes and unlimited play. So you can go back to play previous days and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. That's not bad at all. So you should always pay the full version and support the developers. But uh yeah, it's 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 really fun. It's great. So that that's that's my my first game because that's that's good. Yeah. And the other games, I mean like Tears of Kingdom is definitely a seven seven and a half out of ten game, Brad. I don't know what you're on about. But uh let's go with like Mario uh Wonder. I was actually quite surprised by that uh i the past few 2d mario games i actually really hated in terms of like it's just another 2d mario if that makes sense like there was definitely like a really huge mario 2d fatigue at some point especially with the wii area where it's like new super mario like no one really liked that after a while uh it's definitely completely different to new super mario and sort of felt a little bit more condensed in some ways, which I liked. So I was able to like go through the sections and, you know, get what I needed to defeat Bowser relatively easy. And I finished the game. So that's always a plus. Yeah. I, I also love the the imagination they've got in that game. I think one of the best things ever is them putting a musical level right at the start because it made me think of Rayman Legends. And oh yeah. Mario's like, definitely yeah. on LSD in this one. He's not doing mushrooms. He's doing LSD in this one. Like it's... Hell yeah. It's like it is intense, like these like flower like sections sometimes where it's just like Mario is now like a blob thing or like Mario is now like a really long boy Mario, like just weird stuff like that. I do love long boy Mario. That's that's my favorite type of Mario. And and then the elephants. The elephants are great as well. Yeah. Pretty cute. This is a cute game. It makes me happy. 
Yes. What was your fun. last recommendation? Last recommendation. Oh, I have to play more than like two games in a year. That's not great. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think what came out earlier in the year. What did I like earlier in the year? There was lots of games, Trent. Lots there and lots. Was, yeah, there lots. was. Let's have a look at digitallydownloaded.net, shall we? I'm pretty sure that's a pretty good resource for these things. Is it? Yeah, they talk about games on that website sometimes. They do a little bit. I'm just going to go to the game review section and then go back to the start of the year. That'll take me a little bit. If this was like a YouTube video, it'll be like, while Matt's checking the thing, let's let's slap down to get some merch. Now available on the Digitally Download store. We have merch. Thank you for bringing that up, Trent. (laughs) We do sell merch if you'd like to head to our Redbubble store and just kind of buy stuff. You're more than welcome to do that. That would be very nice. Yeah. I'm still scrolling. Well, I mean, did you, know, you had like Resident okay. Evil was in March and... Yeah. <laughs> so here we go. We've got stuff like in June, we had Master Detectives Archive, Rain Code come out. That was like the um, Danganronpa like from the Danganronpa developers. That was a very good game. We had, uh, that's in June. Let's keep scrolling back. We had... Uh, it's like a lot of games this year. Here's the kindergarten I mean, came out in May. I thought it was later. Than this this year was one of those years where it's like after I had my appendix burst, it just like disappeared. <laughs> Recovery of okay. Sea of Stars. <laughs> Did you play Sea of Stars? Sea of Stars. I don't That's think so. No. <laughs> <laughs> Did you play Phasmophobia? Metroid Prime Remastered. Yeah. You know, do you no? Do you play Future of Dean? I hate I hate Metroid Prime. Oh, there I we think go. Metroid there was Prime's a, horrible. There was a Bayonetta that came out, Bayonetta Origins. That was a Oh yes, I game. did play Origins and I like that. Yes. That, that will be my third that will be my third recommendation. Yes, let's do that. Because it was like Perfect. I I haven't played the other Bayonettas and I was like, this feels like it's completely different enough that if I don't like it. Yeah, that's okay. If I do like it, then it will potentially get me into the series because it will like be like an origin story, and it was fun. It was good. It was a good little game, and it had a really weird, unique art style for like series instead of like some sort of like AAA style graphics. Kind of remind me of Ubi art stuff. There was um, what about that? Wolong came out this year too. That was an excellent. Yeah, one. oh, Wolong was great. Yeah, it was an excellent. Oh, you know what else came out this year? It was Exoprimal. It did. Exoprimal came out. That was great. Octopath the, Traveler 2 came out too. That TMNT brawler game, I always forget the name of, which is fantastic as um, well. Also, Theat Rhythm, Final Bar Line came it out. It did, this year. yes. That was an excellent rhythm game. And Like a Dragon Ishin, which was one of the like better Yaka, Yakuza games. I love that game. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Kirby's one. Return to Dreamland Deluxe. Oh yes, that was very very too. cute video game. Um, I mean, Resident Evil, of course, came out this year. Dead Space as well. Pixel Three, that game's pretty good. Wait, did both Kirby games come out this year, or the other Kirby came came out last year? That was last year, I believe. I think. Um, I mean, God, there was Resident so much Evil, stuff. Resident Evil Four, which I know was Alan, one of Alan's top games of the year, it was a pretty good game. Yeah, it probably I, I is one of my enough. top games of the year. I really, I really liked that game. Um, um, obviously, Italia, uh, Atelier Riser, uh, two Atelier games. We had a Riser, and then we had a remake of the very first Live one. A Live came out great, this year. Great. It did. Good grief. What a year. I know. And then, oh, all of the Final Fantasy Pixel remasters got console oh, releases yes. too. 
and the, 40k bolt gun the the doom clone oh that was so good fun even as somebody who doesn't yeah. really like first person shooters that one was a blast that was great the system shock remake as well which was really really cool i mean the art style of it wasn't great but events was one and two reboot was great especially in multiplayer like I, I wasn't a fan of the art style, but I, I absolutely loved the the game itself in playing that with my brother. Street brothers. Fighter Six Great. came out. Oh, it did too. It did. It was really good. What Layers of Fear, an awful game. <laughs> not for you, I know. No, not, terrible. Not an Allen um, game. Not an Allen game. Uh, Sixteen FF Sixteen, of course. Um, we had Dave the Diver, which is apparently a fantastic game. I know nothing about it. Um, Axiom Lord of the Rings Gollum that came out. <laughs> that monkey game, King Kong <laughs> Skull Island. That, that monkey out. game, apparently, Robocop's quite good. I've heard, I've heard I've it's heard an aggressive Robocop's like seven and a half out of ten. Yeah, I've heard it's quite good fun. Remnant 2 came out this year, that game was really fun. Um, Baldur's Gate 3, of course, which is probably my game of the year because oh boy. For a, a story-focused game, I've spent like 200 hours in it. And that's beyond me. Pick, Pikmin 4, which nobody's mentioned yet. Armored Core? That Armored came out? Armored Core, which nobody... Yeah, that was actually pretty good fun. That yeah. kind of came yeah. in. They had Lies of P. I don't know if that was any good, but... Lies of P was really good. No, it was terrible. No, it was great. I didn't, I, I didn't like Lies of P, I must admit. But I know a lot of other people did, so yeah, I'll give it to them. I really yeah, like it because it's more it's more bloodborne and more... Um, what's the other FromSoft ninja game? Um, um, FromSoft ninja Tenchu. game. Tenchu. Ten, not, not Tenchu. What's the, the other one they recently Oh, Sekiro. Sekiro. Sekiro, yeah. Um, Starfield came out this year, which no one gave a single <laughs> shit about. Well, the other thing was there was a lot of visual novels that were excellent too. Uh, Anonymous Code came out, Jack Jing came out. These are all very good visual novels. It was a it was a good year for visual novels uh, overall. Oh, I didn't um, Alan, but Final Fantasy Seven, um, the the prequel game didn't that come out this year as well, or is that last year? No, that was that was two years ago. I think. Oh, Bait and Kato's one and two came out this year, like the HD remakes. No one talked about that. MK1's apparently really, really good as well. And there was also... Uh, yeah, MK1 is actually pretty good. I've got that on Switch. I just never got around to reviewing it. It is pretty decent. Although I'm I'm yeah. disappointed because it doesn't have the right characters. Um, but, yeah. Uh, for me, Unfortunately for me now, Mortal Kombat's been ruined because which one was it that had like all of the the horror icon or action movie oh that was like x had, x is had, so good it had like terminator and freddy and robocop and you know it just had freddy was nine um 10 freddy was, was oh, let... horror icons jason it had jason yeah jason who was just the best grappler in the series i love and playing his robocop game. robocop it had robocop that was the best one i like that robocop was was 11 wasn't it was he? yeah because he was a gun they were all guns in 11 for some reason uh yeah. Anyway, overall, good year for games. Yeah, extremely good year for games. I think honestly, everyone should, <laughs> everyone should play Baldur's Gate. Baldur's Gate by itself is like 130 hours of gameplays too. It's a ridiculous. That's if you only do one run and you're not interested in the characters or side quests, which you will be because I wasn't, and then I stopped 
being such a sad. I mean, I'm, I'm not such a huge fan of all the characters. There are better characters from those kinds of games than in Baldur's Gate 3, except for Gale. Gale's my boy. I see. I I love Gale, but I think he's an idiot. Gale, <laughs> oh, he is. Like that's him. the point. That's why he's great. He's he is an idiot. That's what's really cool about. He's him. the most Melbourne coded man of all time. Like he lives <laughs> in Fitzroy. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. When he teleports in at the start of the game, it's just because he's actually Hello? teleported in. I need a bit of a hand. <laughs> yeah, he's just coming in from like bimbos <laughs> on on Nicholson Street. <laughs> yeah, oh, Alan Wake Two came out this year. It did. What the hell? Apparently that game's oh, really, really good. And and I uh, know it's probably not for this group here, but Football Manager um, had no, that's, that's biggest, the game I'd like. It had the biggest update as far as I'm concerned in like years and years because it brought the Japanese league into the game for the first time. That's cool. So I can yeah. finally play as my favorite team, my, my team over in Japan. So I am obsessed and it's not uncommon that this happens, but in the last like year or two, I have been wanting to buy old consoles because I just think they're fun. And turns out I was extremely correct because, oh boy, are they fun. So sitting next to me right now is a original model PlayStation 1, the chunky boy um, with the flip top lid that looks like a a, a children's like food tray and i absolutely love it um unfortunately the one game i really wanted to play on it didn't come out in the power regions because of some reason or another so i've been playing that on emulator instead but it is xenogears 
And for those of you who've not played Xenogears, it is what Final Fantasy VII was originally pitched as, which is very, very cool because, oh boy, if they released this as Final Fantasy VII, very different timeline we would be in. Very, very different timeline. Um, For context, the game is very full on and it doesn't hold back on very confronting concepts. And it's very, very good at what it does, which is incredible given that it was made in, what, 1997, I believe. So for those of you who don't know what the Xeno series is, uh, it still continues to this day. Obviously, we've got Xenogears, which was a single one-off game that was originally intended to be about six games. Um, they wanted to do like a, a full like saga about it, um, which is interesting because they then named their next series Xeno Saga. Um, and it is it's hard to describe it's a very traditional combat style jrpg but one that also tries to say a lot in the way that it's written and it's one of the few games from that period that i think actually achieves a lot in that regard in that it's not just like good for a video game it's actually just good for narrative so i I, it's hard to say though because the game is not approachable and that's the risk because the story is, it starts off with a text scroll where you are reading for about five minutes. And that's not very common, <laughs> especially not in the day. That was not common. So it kind of like pushes you away unless you are actively trying to enjoy it. And it led to a really interesting discussion that I think Matt's probably better tasked to talk about simply because he plays a lot more of these sorts of games. So Matt, what what, what is your thoughts on games that sort of push you away but are you know actually saying something well i mean yeah i mean it's it's a very dense game it's it's quite nihilistic in its tone um given that i mean most other things it's a i mean it was a controversial game because part of it was you killed god it's okay to do spoilers for games that are like 50 years old at this point so oh you it it tells you you killed god in the first like five minutes yeah (laughs) So that's kind of why I imagine it didn't get through as the Final Fantasy VII. I mean, not that Final Fantasy VII is without its own point to make, because it it definitely does. It's kind of, you know, as, as everybody knows, it's all about ecoterrorism and and all that kind of stuff. But uh, Final Xenogears uh, is, is uh, of a different level entirely. Uh, we were joking about about it in the Slack in organizing this podcast, and we're talking about how the best kind of narrative comparison to it is probably pathologic because it's just uh it is that very dense and and challenging game that really asks a lot of its players in terms of analysis and interpretation of the plot and stuff which is good it'd be nice if there were more games yeah. that were like that um yeah out and about but uh, yeah we I, I guess that's the thing we, we don't get that many of them i mean even the xeno series um xeno saga had plenty to say but um the the Zena blade chronicles series while being very good games are certainly not as intense in the narrative as the earlier ones they're, they're more been, approachable yeah they've been made much more approachable which is not to say they don't have anything to say they do uh and they're they're not unintelligent games by any means but they're just yeah it, back then those kinds of really intense games that had had a lot to say and um would be quite easy to it, it, it's quite easy for a player not to get along with those games because if you're not willing to kind of follow along with it on its own narrative mer- merits then you're um 
you're going to miss out on a, on a lot of it. Uh, if you're not able to apply a lot of theory to it and, and stuff, there's just stuff you're going to miss as you play through that game, which is not to say you can't, um, but it does mean that, oh, it's it's like a it's like a Shakespeare of games, I guess, in, in a sense. Um, it's so lot, much. There's a lot of interpretation involved. And that, that was the case with a lot of PlayStation games. If you ever get a chance, Alan, you should try and give the, the original Persona a go. I don't know if you played the later Personas, but I know you've played five. Um, I've played but... four, three, and five, yeah. Okay, there you go. I was so going to for... try and do Revelations at some point. Persona Persona 1 and 2 are very different games. And again, the, the change has been quite significant that those earlier games had a much darker point to make and were much less um were much less accommodating about it than the later games uh, which is again not to say that the persona 3 4 and 5 don't have anything to say themselves but persona 1 and 2 were certainly more intense about it it's fair i mean I, one of the things that really grabbed my eye right away with playing Xenogears um was the main character actively saying no, I don't want to deal with this. I've got enough on my plate right now. And clearly just showing signs of like manic depression, but like it not being said that, that was what was happening. It's just, it's really well done, which is bizarre again, given that it's like little sprite guys running around. Um, and the writing, the, the translation, I believe it was the same guy who did the translation for Chrono Cross, which is a phenomenal translation in its own right. But I don't know how the heck he did this. Because the amount of, like, references to, like, biblical entities and, like, philosophy and, you know, psychological, um, you know, like, mental disorders and stuff like that, it's it's insane. Like, how do you know this stuff? How do you translate that? <laughs> and then also having the balls to write that sort of stuff in the, in the 90s is just beyond me. I think it's fantastic. And I think it comes back down to this idea that there was a bit more of a charm and I think playing things on a on an old console that, you know, it, it doesn't have this whole thing of, like, you connect it to the internet in order to play it. You log into your account in order to play it. No, you just, you just do stuff. You put the thing in and it works. And I really, really appreciate that. Uh, it's something that I wasn't expecting to appreciate as much as I do. Um, I, do I, mean, wonder if, I, I, I do wonder if, to an extent, um, with more modern consoles, developers are, are kind of forced to be more aware of whether their stuff can be taken out of context i guess um and that kind of affects how they go about writing their stories and, and stuff like that because you can just screenshot a single frame of a or do a quick clip of a minute of a of a game and then that taken out of context could could get controversial it could start to People could start to to criticize it uh, without having the full context of it, and that that certainly applies to any game that has a particularly serious point to make. Like if there were, if you were to take certain individual sections of Xenogears and put them up on the internet or whatever, then a, a lot of people will be like, "Well, you know, what are you doing? This is very problematic. How dare you?" Um, kind of thing. And we've seen that a little bit to with with some other games too. Um, like there are there are even even like the persona four and five have sections or little bits individual lines of dialogue or whatever that 
get taken out of context and people were like well this represents a, a problematic game when in context it doesn't really so I, I just wonder if that actually does affect how developers think about it. i know developers think about the potential for their games to get turned into memes for the positive side of things that they you, know, you get some viral hit from something weird and quirky happening in yakuza zero or whatever and so developers actually do try and get some of that into their games just so it gets spread around but i wonder if there is that also that concern that their game might be taken out of context at places which earlier developers probably didn't have because the only way that you could experience that game is with, to actually play it um yeah if that makes sense because the only media available was the stuff that the developers took themselves uh, as promotional you know pr material whatever and that was what got published in magazines and reviews back in those days and then the critic had to sit down and actually play through the whole thing where you could get context. Because I, I don't I guess the point I'm making here is that I don't think Xenogears could be made today because it just it would get slammed, it gets slaughtered. Yeah, probably. Not people because of, expecting like a happy, joyful. No, no, not just know, that. Not it, just that. It's just people would go in expecting I mean, people people would find individual bits and pieces of it to take offense at, and then all of a sudden, the entire game gets a kind of you know slammed. It, it, we had we saw it to a certain extent with Final Fantasy sixteen this year, that every every yeah. kind of key theme that it tried to bring up, people would either deliberately or just because they're too ignorant to <laughs> to understand or to to interpret, um, misinterpreted it, like the whole slave thing. You know, how many times did we? see people criticizing final fantasy 16 for the main character clive taking so long supposedly to to learn that slavery was bad when it was pretty obvious that the whole time he was I mean, his whole family was was opposed to slavery that was kind of the point people missed it because you know if an individual line of dialogue here or there that was taken out of context so yeah i, I don't think Xena gears could happen in 2023 i I can fully imagine as well that the game would be called like against some sort of religion, given the names that they use for all the things. Like in the fact it's all like um I think it's Old Testament names, like most of it, which is hugely appropriate because of course it is. Um and then also the fact that two of the characters are cousins and getting married as well. Which is was a bit surprising to me initially when I first played it as well. I was like, oh, okay, it's one of those things. But it makes sense because it's like an old, you know, it's it's how it, how it was done back in it's the day set in, in the old Alabama. Town. Yeah, it's set in Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I, I think the other thing is, yeah, that that kind of scene wouldn't be able to you wouldn't be able to do that scene in twenty twenty four because firstly sensitivities and people would flip out about it. But I think because Xenogears also looks quite old, I think people distance themselves a little bit more from it if that makes sense and you're able to see it with a, in a more literary way it's like you're reading a book in a sense that you can yeah. interpret it a bit better it's the same you know if you were to in literature you know a book like extreme example i guess um a book like lolita exists but if you're to do that in a video game then More the, 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 intera <laughs> the interactivity even if you're making the same point um the interactivity of it would would flip people big time so yeah i think the older games definitely have that literary quality to them because they look primitive 
I think there's just a charm to it as well. I mean, so I was going to say that I, I grew up with a PS1 in my grandparents' house. So I would go there and I would play um, Time Crisis 1 with the gun con. I'd play Oddworld's a- Oddworld, Abe's Odyssey, and I'd play Crash Bandicoot 1. And having that same like feeling of like turning this on and having the same sounds happen is just phenomenal. So I don't know. Have, have you guys gone back and bought anything that you played as a child? I mean, I've got an analog po- pocket that I picked up just a couple of weeks ago. Um, right, you, you got one? Yes, I did manage to get one. Uh, I didn't get one from Analog. Uh, I just knew a guy that wanted to sell his. So, so I took the chance to to buy it. So secondhand, but it wasn't, he never used it. So it's effectively new. Anyway, uh, yes, I finally got an Analog Pocket. And while Nintendo didn't make that, if I was Nintendo, I'd actually be in discussions to acquire this company to produce all the hardware because they make the most pristine high quality hardware i've ever experienced this thing is an incredible handheld console and as a result of that i've been able to go back and um play all the game boy and game boy advanced games that i've been picking up from my trips to japan and whatever in a format that's actually comfortable i can actually see it which is nice couldn't what do that wild with the old game boy. yeah with the old game boy color i can't actually see the screen very clearly because it's the you know the it wasn't backlit and i'm just too old for that shit now um so yeah, uh, having having the analog pocket has been great. I've got about seventy Game Boy games, I think, and another twenty Game Boy Advance games, and I've kind of been playing those and rediscovering the classics that way. It just um, feels better. It does, and on, I mean, it's nice. It's nice to actually hardware. play. It, it's nice to actually play the thing that you legally own and and stuff. I mean, as everybody knows, I've got no problem with emulation consoles as well, but there is a difference in experience when you're playing the official and um you know physical product that you actually purchased and <laughs> legally own so yeah the experience is different i definitely love my analog pocket it's okay yeah. there's a perfectly legitimate uh emulation uh console it's called the playstation one classic all you need to do is plug a usb into it and then you can do whatever you want with it i was thinking about that but it, i don't <laughs> like how it looks it the just con- makes me not feel happy. The console is like a it, it's just weird and tiny and chunky. I don't like it's I don't like it being that tiny. Nothing should be that small. <laughs> Brad, have you bought have you bought anything that's sort of like from your childhood that you're like, oh hell yeah. Um uh, well, I still have my original Game Boy from when I got it from uh, in Christmas when I was in year four. Um oh, that's amazing. Um, it still has like my um my mum's driver's license number engraved into it because she had used to have this obsession about engraving her driver's license number in anything valuable we had in our house so that people wouldn't steal it and pawn it off. <laughs> um, but yeah, just turning that on, like even like um, it's really cool taking it into like my classrooms and stuff and showing the kids like this is what I used to play on and they're like this is janky old crap. What are you, why are you bringing this here? But like, um. It is really cool, like, just having, like, what Matt said, like, not having a backlit light and going, well, I need to play this Game Boy game, where's the closest open window? And, like, having the authentic experience um, is really cool. Like, um, Is there a single worse thing in the world than being on a car trip trying to play (laughs) the original Game Boy or Game Boy Advance and having to hold it up under the, like street lights to try and see the screen? Did you not have the accessories? No, I didn't have any of those. I, I was told that I should just stop playing if it's getting too dark. 
Yeah. No, you gotta <laughs> have the lights and the magnifying glass and what else? What else? There was a magnifying glass, a light, and then there was something else. It it you could have like a whole robot coming off the console with how much crap was available. If the only accessory I had was just the AC adapter, so I didn't have to keep buying batteries. Oh, for it. so good. That was phenomenal. Honestly, it saved me so much effort. The only issue is I didn't use my Game Boy Advance out of the house except for like there. Um, and because of that, I broke the GBA battery pack clippy thing by accident. Yeah. So I've, now I couldn't keep my batteries inside to use tape to stick it on. <laughs> it's just how it was. The other things I've bought, like I've got, um, I bought a Super Nintendo and a Nintendo 64, but I feel like um, playing, trying to play those on an LCD television, it just comes out really gross and horrible. So I think I need to try and invest and try and see if I can find an old CRT television somewhere so I can just get that authentic feel. The yeah, authentic I mean, radiation. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> they they reactive. What? I don't know. Like everything gives you cancer these days. Oh, I thought you were being genuinely like serious there. I was like, what? <laughs> I mean, if you pull it's it actually, apart, it probably um, gives you cancer, but I don't know. Like <laughs> I do is, not want to find there, out. I'm not is, willing to find out. There is that problem with those kind of old consoles for TV um that yeah, for for me, I do have a Super Nintendo as well, but to be honest, um, I, I just use the Super NES app on the N64, I think, because it's the emulation is designed to better replicate the experience, I guess, of actually playing those games. Um, yeah. And then for the games that aren't on the Super NES app, I have the high seas and my emulation consoles because they do the same thing when you hook them up to the TV via HDMI, so... Yeah, I, I, that for me is uh, an issue with older consoles with modern TVs. Funnily enough, yeah. I mean, I, from from probably, probably the PlayStation. Not that I've tried to <clears throat> plug a PlayStation into a uh, flat screen TV, but I would imagine that's probably not such a issue. It's honestly fine. I've not had any issues. I've got a HDMI converter <clears throat> for mine currently, and it gets the job done. Like it's it looks as it does on other things so yeah i mean it's totally doable also a ps1 is actually not too expensive at the moment it's like it's actually fairly affordable to get one and get mm. a couple of games some of them are extremely expensive which is ridiculous like trying to get a copy of um resident evil one two or three is going to set you back at like you know fifty dollars each basically up here just mental but um yeah it's just it's a different experience like I get a lot of joy and having people over and playing Tekken 3 with them as opposed to playing like a new Tekken is just, there's something more like <clears throat> about it, a bit more raw, a bit more exciting. I just like it a lot. <laughs> I tell you what, every every time I play those older games, I'm, I'm just reminded of how ridiculously bloated games are these days, like with the number of modes and the different ways to play oh, and, and whatever like make the... it make a good game that's fun to play stop putting yeah. in shit because I, i've been playing i mean I, I have actually been playing a little bit of tekken as well because one of the tekken's got released on the playstation oh, t6 yeah so 
I've been playing a little bit of that and it is nice to have the relatively thin roster and the relatively few number ways to play and, and stuff as opposed to these modern fighting games which just drown you in content like everything else uh, or you know a Game Boy game is only you can run through most of them in an hour if that <laughs> um, once, you, once you get used to them um, versus the massively long commitment that you've got to play put into every game that gets released these days so even the rpgs on the gba for example they're over in 20 30 hours 20 hours max yeah yeah whereas you play persona 5 it's 130 you play Baldur's gate it's 150 or whatever these are that that hundred hour um threshold is just getting broken with such regularity with video games these days and then you play these older ones and you're just like do you really need them to be that long? Not really. This is getting the job done. <laughs> Zenigears itself, it... itself is not that long. No, because it's only about 15 hours of game and then they ran out of money halfway through. <laughs> and then yes. had to make it into a text adventure. Yes. So That's one of my favourite stories. <laughs> so, yeah. It's, so, it's literally, because really... it was um, it was a new dev team, for those who don't know, it was a new dev team that were brought together to work on Xenogears and they got about a year and a half through, realised they had no money and they were like, shit, we have to finish this. How are we going to finish this? And originally, Square wanted to ship the first disc as its own game and then let them do a sequel if it sold well. But they were like, no, let's not do that because it doesn't make any sense because all the plot threads that we have are not resolved at all. So what they did for disc two is they just had the main characters recounting events as they happened while sitting in a chair. <laughs> and you occasionally got to play a game. It's, it's really, really bizarre. I've never seen anything like it. I love it. It's so... It's unlike anything that I've ever seen in a game where they've just been like, I don't know, and now it's a book. <laughs> Big respect to them.